Thanks for joining us at 2H Sojourner and uh, Meredith Monday. If you, uh, all right, let me try this again. All right, so hey, I just realized I messed up Chris's recording. And uh, so we've just started this, but you missed uh, Chris's pearls of wisdom with regard to tobacco. Sorry, you're not getting that back. Um, but we've just been catching up and hopefully everything's good. Just say something for me, Chris, just so I know I'm recording you. Okay, testing my levels just to see if they're uh, printing on the meter there. Yeah, no, I'm getting that, anything. That's looking good. Uh, maybe a little bit loud. Uh, oh, okay. You want me to dial back? No, in that's side? cool. I'll do it from this end. That's all good. Um, it looks like you're good to go. Awesome. Um, Ladies and gentlemen, we have a heartbeat. <laughs> we Exactly. <laughs> yeah, your heartbeat was crazy. And mine was like very minimal. Man, I'm sucking at this whole technical thing, I'm telling you. But hey, I'm get- <laughs> slowly but surely, man, I'm getting it. All right. So anyways, what we were just saying before I totally messed up the recording is that uh, we, we're uh, Chris is starting um, Zachariah Night Visions um, on on Glory Cloud Podcast. Definitely go check that out. We, I, I was just saying I, I'm usually stumped by Klein's very technical sides of, of um, eschatology, so I'm looking forward to it. And uh, Todd's Todd's a sharp dude as well, isn't he? Man, he's going to take that thing out. And uh, and as a pastor who loves Klein, he's also very adept at just bringing it down to a very yes digestible level, totally. which I appreciate. It's good. Yeah, he put. It sounds like he puts a lot of work into it. You know, like I mean, he must spend I, the whole week. Doing that, I mean, how does he do that? I'm so I don't know, but I really appreciate him doing all that work because I I do all the technical recording and editing and stuff like that. Yeah, so it's and that nice takes time as well, doesn't it? It sort of wrecks it. It, it just, uh, yeah, man, uh, it's um, it'll eat up an afternoon easily, easily. Especially if something goes a little bit wrong or there's just something a little out of whack, you have to fix it. Yeah, and then you know, ugh, just to upload the thing. <laughs> <laughs> from yep. our side, you know, with our stupid Wi-Fi, it's like, dude, oh. you know, th- that's a whole afternoon sometimes. Anyways, so enough, enough lamenting. But um, yeah, no, looking forward to those. That's gonna be great. I'm, I'm definitely uh, so tune in. And the other thing you were saying is that um, uh, tobacco review channel possibly coming up. Yeah. So do do we need some? Know. Do we need some people to to kind of email you and push you over the edge on that or? That would be helpful because okay. right now I'm kind of on the fence. Should okay. I do it? Should I not? Well, what's the what's the stumbling block? I mean, it, well, it's going to be more more of a time investment. Uh-huh. I've got to take the time to record it and then probably edit mistakes yeah. and things like that. So. <laughs> totally, yeah, <laughs> exactly what we were talking about. Yeah, I can imagine that would be because it's also a whole new thing, right? Your video, video, yeah. So a little bit of investment in uh, in equipment too. Hopefully, oh, not too right. much, but yeah, totally. Yeah, it'd be different lighting. Would you need that? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Crazy. Whole gig. I'm staying right away from that. Just staying right now. <laughs> Not even thinking about it. It'd be awesome, but nah. Um, alrighty. So any uh well, I suppose you guys are all tied up on the whole Zachariah thing. Um what I thought we could do, just in terms of kicking off uh, Meredith Monday again for the new year, um, is basically you know, we've we've as I think about it, we've kind of covered um, the big things that Klein's known for. Just as kind of an overview, I think we started off with the literary framework. Well, you know, just kind of how you guys 
uh, met and just what your involvement there with Klein was and then what the literary framework was all about. Just a brief little spiel there. And um, and then we looked at the sacred secular, I think. It was something like that, which is mm. also, for me anyway, one of the bigger bigger issues, one of the, the bigger helps I have with, with Klein. Um, I suppose, well, what is the next big thing for you? I've got an idea, but let me hear it from you. <laughs> Uh, I guess from there, it, it starts to be not quite as big and programmatic, but okay. I think of other things like um, the tablets that the Ten Commandments were written on wasn't, you know, five on one and five on the other, right. but it was two sets of the Ten Commandments, right. things like that. Totally. So you've got like the, the is that, that would be the whole, I suppose, yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? Like the A&E stuff, he's bringing in all that um, that that knowledge of context. Uh, of ancient Near Eastern right. treaties, and that would be a big thing that Klein is known for, right? He didn't yes. pioneer. Well, who was the guy that he pretty much? Um, I know there was a guy that he really leaned on, or uh, read, or continued the work of. Who am I thinking? Mendenhall. Yes, that's it. I, yeah. Have you read any of his stuff? No. I okay. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, well, I, I mean, someone mentioned it the other day, and I was like, wow, I actually didn't realize that the client was actually leaning on a whole bunch of stuff there. Um, that's great. The other thing is uh, something that often comes to mind for me, Klein is associated to the subservience of the Mosaic Covenant, which is quite a, might not be a big part of his focus, but man, it's a big part of, um, you know, theology, and wow, it's almost everything. Um, he does, yeah, I mean, he does spend a considerable time on that, doesn't he? I'm just trying to pinpoint where that is exactly. Yeah, well, you know, even as we, Todd and I, have discussed things on the Glory Cloud podcast, we've realized, wow, we bump into republication a lot more than we might think. That I mean, we don't just have yeah, it's a, not a particular section. episode yeah. devoted to um, we're constantly bumping into it as we talk about different topics. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, and that's the great thing, I suppose, just oozes through everything. So maybe we should... Uh, well, uh, either one of those, you know, um, uh, m- maybe, I don't know, <laughs> what do you feel like your head's more filled with right now? Ancient Near Eastern context or um, uh, subservience of the Mosaic Covenant? Either sound Subservience e- of the Mosaic All Covenant. All right, let's, let, let's roll with that. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, look, for the, I mean, this for me, if I think about um, this is, uh, you know, I didn't really understand. Uh, well, I, I suppose, you know, in hindsight... I had, you know, my first big revelation of of covenant theology was that, wow, it's all one story. Amen. That's mm-hmm. amazing, you know. Oh, wow. So now the Old Testament administers the covenant of grace and the New Testament. And, oh, my goodness, that means that, you know, if they're believers, we're believers, and it's all one big thing. They're looking forward to Jesus. We're looking back. And you might have been able to say stuff like that, but covenant theology allowed you to actually, you know, technically connect that, those dots. So that was huge. But, I yeah, I suppose it hadn't really dawned on me. Well, no, it had. It started to um, irritate me in a way that I couldn't understand. That was probably the best way to say it. Um, you know, you, you're starting to feel some legalism come through in the more reformed churches. And um, yeah, I think I really got it, picked it up on things like the Sabbath and, you know, um, you know, Sabbath keeping. And you kind of probe, well, wait, where's your justification for that? And how are we doing that? And no one really goes to the Mosaic Covenant as a gracious covenant thing. No one really explains their view that way. 
But it's only right. once once I realized that um, you know Klein. Well, I well I realized uh, I think it was through Klein first that um, that the Mosaic Covenant is a covenant of works that runs almost like a parallel train tracks is the way that I think about it now. You know, with the covenant of grace, the Abrahamic covenant, all the way through, and um, and th- that means that you know all those little weird edgy bits of legalism that have kind of seeped their way through in uh, what is supposed to be a gracious covenant and uh, part of of this overarching covenant that that is equal in some way to the new covenant uh, you know goes away and uh, and all of a sudden you're left with wow law gospel distinction and uh, you can understand why and so that was my thing and um, yeah I don't know when did you come on to understanding that was that something that you also was triggered for you under Klein, or or did you figure that out before before sitting under his ministry? The subservience of the mosaic. Yeah, thing? yeah. Oh, that was definitely under Klein. I mean, yeah. Wow. I was fairly fresh in my reformed um, journey when I when I started studying under Meredith Klein. So I would have gotten my covenant theology from R.C. Sproul. Um, yeah, and exactly. Yeah, probably Kim Kim Riddlebarger. Right, and, and he uh, he would believe in the subser. Kim Rollbarger would believe in the subservience, right? Yeah, and yet um, when I was going there on Wednesday nights for Bible study, I was getting a lot of um, John Murray. Ironically, I mean, he was right. going through Romans, so I think okay. he was using right. Murray's commentary on Romans a lot. Yeah, but um, I can definitely say that uh, what Klein said about the Mosaic Covenant was brand new to me when I got right. there. Right. Interesting. Wow. Because, um, yeah, I mean, dude, that's crazy. I would have thought that Riddlebugger would have killed it, you know? Um, I, right. wonder, I wonder if he's been on a bit of a journey w- with that stuff. Or he would have cemented this stuff way beyond, uh, way before. Well, anyway. He would have had Klein as a student, but uh, yeah. maybe, he, uh, you know, I've had the same thought that maybe okay. he's been on a journey himself. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, he's great on like the two kingdoms stuff, and you know, I mean, wow, he's really helped me more than anyone else, I think, on two kingdom theology. But anyways, um, coming back to the the subservient thing. So if someone uh, is listening to this and has no idea what we're talking about, we're two nerds right now, just <laughs> freaking them out, like nerding out, <laughs> nerding out with the subservience of the Mosaic Covenant. And the, people are like, what the heck? Why did I delve into this nonsense? Yeah, okay, th- what, what? Give it a go, Chris. What What are we talking about? Okay, so we're talking about the idea that there's this covenant of grace that you've mentioned that runs from Genesis 3.15 until uh, Christ returns the second time. And then you've got this covenant that God makes with Israel that really causes pretty much everybody to stop and scratch their heads and ask the question, how does this fit within this covenant of grace? Because... (coughs) Uh, the principle of grace is, uh, according to Klein, um, bestowing the the blessing in spite of um, forfeited blessing. You know, well, in spite of demerit. Yeah. yeah. And that's certainly not what you see going on in the Mosaic Covenant in places like Leviticus chapter 26 and Deuteronomy chapter 28, mm-hmm. where half of each of those chapters is... If you obey me, here are the blessings that you will receive. Mm-hmm. And then the other half of each of those chapters is, if you disobey me, here are the curses that you will receive. Mm-hmm. And it just sounds exactly opposite mm-hmm. um, to 
the principle of grace. Right. Totally. So so we're saying that, okay, and, and this is where Galatians comes into it. I mean, I think Galatians was the big light switch on for me when, you know, when Paul's arguing that, uh, you know, those guys, those Jewish um, Judeas were coming along and basically saying, listen, you, you know, let's do what we were doing with the Mosaic Covenant in their wrong understanding. They were basically a bunch of reform guys. Well, maybe that's too harsh, but basically like Roman Catholics is, is my understanding. A bunch of Roman Catholics. Uh, okay, I'm obviously anachronizing the living daylights out of this, but uh, uh, a bunch of Roman Catholics that said, hey, let's do Christianity, faith plus works. Why? Because that's what we did back in, in the day of Moses, Mosaic economy. Look, we, we, you know, we believed in the promise. We had the sacrifice, we, but we also needed to, you know, do the work to get into the land and that sort of thing. Mm. And so, come on, guys, let's do Christianity properly was their argument. And Paul says, no, you're just um, you're misunderstanding the, the covenant that came off after the Abrahamic covenant, the covenant of grace. Um, and you're saying that the one annulled the other. You're not, you're not being Jewish enough. Go back to Abraham and understand why the law was then added. And this is where we get the subservient idea. It was added for the sake of transgression to show you that you're going to get nailed by the law so that you basically have no one to turn to but Christ and grace, which is the whole point. And um, uh, so, you know, there's a paraphrase for you. But still, it, um, uh, it's, it's super important if you, if you mess that up. You basically go into the, 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 the Jewish heresy or the, you know, the early church thing that, that Paul was quite radically, you know, rebuking them for, uh, right. for getting caught up in. To what degree do you think the um, the current reformed sort of mono covenantalism falls under that rebuke? I mean, you think like federal vision, even, and I mean, do you think? I mean, is is there any nuance there, or is that just are they in the in the crosshair of that that rebuke? That's a good question, especially since now the Orthodox Presbyterian Church in uh, the United States has officially come out against. Mm. Uh, Isn't that um, crazy? You know, republication. Yeah, didn't they say uh, that um, that like you could read Klein in two ways? <laughs> yes, I love that. And that was just like what that, I just I struggled to retain respect for those uh, studies. <laughs> I mean, that was insane. I just couldn't believe they did that. But anyways, yeah. Sorry, you were saying. No, I mean it was completely political in order to try to keep everyone in the fold. Yeah. And not to have to and push not lose their out, Jedi but. theologian, you know. <laughs> yeah. So, um, what was I saying? So, yeah, no, I was just asking. So, you know, I, it's, I think like Roman Catholicism falls nicely in the center of that uh, rebuke. You know, don't. And there I'm just going faith and works, you know. Uh, and um, but but yeah, I mean, mono covenantalism, you're coming. Basically, they're doing the same thing in, on a perhaps more technical level and perhaps more nuanced in the way they ultimately get to justification and glorification. But yeah, I don't know. It's it's close. I mean, I read that stuff and I get scared. Yeah, absolutely. Mono covenantalism is um, squarely in the crosshairs of of that rebuke. And I think that anyone who wants to say, well, republication is simply not true, mm. then has to figure out, well, where are you standing then? Because right, I mean, right. <laughs> you're you not going to stand up. You have this, uh, well, the problem of antithesis, right? You have the, mm -hmm. it's if it's by works, it's not of grace. If it's by grace, not of works. So what are you going to do about that? You know, have, are, right. you, are you going to come along and say grace and works? 
yeah, because that leaves you in the crosshair. So if anyone doesn't know, monocolonialism is um, essentially just this attempt to to um, say that before the fall, uh, there was grace in the covenant of works with Adam. Um, and, and that then meshes into the grace side because then it's not too much of a problem to have law in grace. And so mix the, the Mosaic covenant up with the new covenant and not a problem. Uh, you know, it's all been one law and grace mixture to begin uh, the whole way through anyway. And no one's, no one's arguing that there's no law um, in you know, uh, uh, the new covenant or, or a covenant. I mean, obviously there's law in every covenant, but we're saying the principle of inheritance is different yep. in those two country, uh, not countries, uh, covenants and kind of like two different countries <laughs> in some ways, but, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, um, and so if, if it's, are you going to inherit the promise by works and your works keeping all by grace is the question. And that's what ultimately distinguishes the covenants. And uh, that's where the problem lies when we don't get it right. So I think the subservience, and you did your uh, PhD dissertation on this, didn't you? Uh, on the way about six different Puritans understood that covenant. So, And did w- were any of them uh, down with the whole subservience thing? Or? Some of them seem to me to come very close to Meredith Klein's view. Wow. Um, Who were they? John Owen being... John Owen. John yeah. Owen was probably the closest. Right. Uh, so, Owen, who else? Um, Edward Fisher, who wrote The Marrow of Modern Divinity. Oh, really? Wow. Cool. Um, was pretty close. Nice. And um, you can really see when you read um, Herman Vitius closely, yeah. you can really see him wrestling with these issues in a very thoughtful way. He may not be as close as Owen. I think you can see him being afraid to be as bold as Owen was okay. in well, some of the things that he said, but yeah, still very good. Interesting. And um, in terms of, well, I suppose two things I wanted to ask you on, on that point, or at least on, on the point of the subservient issue. If we are thinking about like Israel's history, um, let's say Moses onwards, um, we see, of course, that they, they're not thrown straight into uh, the Babylonian exile or anything like it, you know, there's a long history of failure, which, you know, according to works is, is, you know, if it would like Adam, for example, messes up and immediately, you know, it's on judgment time. Mm-hmm. Um, the Ruach Hayom <laughs> is coming at him, you know, but it seems like that takes a little bit of time uh, with Israel. And we know, of course, that as we've just said, there's this undergirding covenant of grace reality uh, for Israel as well. How is it being expressed, though? How, technically speaking, how is that working? Have you ever thought about that? I mean, um, so the the priestly system, for example, or the the tabernacle system, is that like, is that under the covenant of works, or, the, or is that what am I asking? Is that part of the Mosaic covenant or the Abrahamic covenant? How does that work? That's a great question, and I think that this goes back to Galatians chapter three, right? And when Paul is using the term law there, he is sifting out the the actual legislation right from things like the, from the priestly typology. system yeah. and the yeah 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 and so the covenant of grace is still running through that mosaic covenant in the the priestly sacrificial system right so it's being manif- when, revealed through that as it were uh, when you yeah. sin you can go and get your sins atoned for yeah uh, you know from the priest sacrificing an animal for you 
Right, totally. So even even though it was, um, I suppose, there was no priestly system in terms of the Mosaic Levitical priestly system prior to that administration, but it um, it nevertheless continued. Well, how what's the best way to say it? That that um, that 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 part was just um, a a kind of revelation of the ongoing Abrahamic covenant rather than the strict covenant of works well maybe the best way to say it i suppose yeah because this is where it gets a little bit fuzzy for me in that uh, i always get tricked when i'm reading you know you mentioned vitius he does this to me big time uh, you know i'll be reading and i'll be like you know he really highlights christ through the law and and um you know and and the, and the typology is profound obviously everywhere and um and you start thinking to yourself okay wait a minute have i you know well here's grace in the law what's going on and but you have to you have to at that point realize that we're talking about the principle of inheritance again and then no one's saying it's, it's exactly what we said earlier no one's saying that there's not grace and law in both covenants in any sense we're just saying that it, you've got to boil it down to that principle of inheritance which is what makes the fundamental difference uh, would you agree with that exactly yeah absolutely okay totally so yeah go for it and it's probably helpful for listeners who are um, uninitiated to yeah. to hear us say that when we're talking about the Mosaic Covenant being a covenant of works, we're not talking about Israelites earning heaven by their good works. Yeah, we're, we're saying that they would have earned the right to stay in the land of Canaan. Right. So it was an echo, um, a type, a type. You know, really, yep. I suppose. Yeah, yep. yeah, totally. The best they could get. Not that they could even get this, but the best that they could get would be the land, as you say. Just that, I suppose, the Solomon kind of reign uh, when everything's going mm-hmm. well before, you know, before Solomon goes spirals on the downhill. Yeah. And so to tie that in with what you were saying about the principle of inheritance, the mm-hmm. question is, how do they stay in Canaan? Is it by the principle of works or is it by the principle of grace? It can't be yes. by both. Yes. Good. Yeah, that's it. That You know, and those those questions are so important because they just kind of... Yeah, I mean, they just keep you sane, I suppose, through somewhat technical discussions. And and they also, <laughs> like, you don't have to be this grouch going, hey, I don't believe that the covenant of, or the Mosaic covenant, you know, um, is the covenant of grace. And therefore, I don't want to see Christ in the law. <laughs> you know, I don't I don't want to see him. I don't want to see him. I'm just blocking him out. <laughs> you know, and, and, the, and the reality is that's not what we're saying either. There's a, there's a, there's quite a, 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 a complex thing happening there. Um. But yeah, yeah, that's good. Um, cool. Well, I think you know that's that's quite a big topic. Um, I'm just trying to think if someone what I could do to clue people up uh, on uh, on this issue if they are interested or perhaps confused and uh, want to think some more about it. Um, what are some good books uh, on this issue? I think uh, surely Fesco wrote something on this. Um, or have you got any anything that's super accessible in mind? Um, I'm not sure what Fesco. Well, he may have contributed to the laws. Not no, he didn't contribute to the laws. Not of faith, but yeah, he edited um, that. I think didn't he? Or I think that was possibly. But that might have been too. That might be too scholarly. Anyway, uh, I'm thinking like. So, I hate self promotion, but I'm gonna say, gonna say there's book. a free copy of the Tale of Two Atoms <laughs> nice. at MeredithKlein.com. Cool. Well, I'm glad you said and, it because I'm uh, sounding like a broke, broken record. <laughs> <laughs> I've had people tell me that uh, it's helpful. So yeah, and you know what? It's also 
you major on that issue, you know, in that book. Yeah. So yeah, definitely, it, it's obvious. It's the go-to. Um, I've said so many times, like, hey, if you're reading Klein, you kind of have to read, you know, for anyone uninitiated, you have to read, uh, you know, your stuff and 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 Lee's stuff is is good as well, but it's just a little little bit maybe a, a step up, you know, in terms of just kind of um, you also kind of need an intro to Lee Iron sometimes, you know, I find, and, <laughs> and yeah. Um, I'm glad you went there because read, or your listeners should definitely go to uh, Lee's website and read what he's written about it too. Yeah, totally. Yeah, upper upperregister.com is that it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Great, great website, full with stuff, man. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, if I think of anything else, I'll I'll just throw. This. I mean, I suppose um, I suppose Horton deals with it somewhere in his system. I should know this. Jeesh, I've read I've read uh, I've read it enough times at this point. But yeah, I can't think of I, I can't think of a particular. Um, place that he deals with it and he's systematic but hey we'll, we'll put that on ice and if there's anything that comes to mind uh, we'll, we'll be sure to, to reference that but that's enough reading actually to be honest you know grab grab Chris's book if it's free for heaven's sake grab it and uh, read it and um, and then yeah it, it's just a great process I remember taking the guys in India who did not know anything about any of this and <laughs> It was like it was it was funny, man. It was like a it was a roller coaster of revelation. That's the only way I can describe it. <laughs> um, okay, let's let's leave it at that because that's a nice isolated topic, and uh, we'll see you next Meredith Monday. Thanks for joining us, Chris. Thanks for having me, Mike. Uh-huh.